It's the Last Call Podcast with Chris Michaels, and here we go. Okay, so another glorious day and a magnificent week, and I'm a lovable fuzzball. Today is going to be a relatively serious podcast towards the end of it. I'm going to try to keep this at 15 minutes because we're going to play Let's Hit the Post. For all of you out there that don't know broadcasting, it means you got to stay within a certain period of time. So this is what we're going to try to do. So Project Veritas came out with something this, uh, actually a couple of, about an hour ago, from when I'm broadcasting this. Uh, basically, they had somebody from the Louisiana United Health um, Healthcare Network, I should say, not to sound redundant, and uh, she basically validated what we were saying all along, and that is that these hospitals and these hospital networks are making money hand over fist in three specific ways the first way i forgot the exact phrase and you can go find this you can go to projectveritas.com or wherever else uh i think it's all over uh youtube uh, i think their project veritas is not banned from youtube just yet and also you could find it on certain spots on twitter but anyway uh three important things from this project veritas video drop first thing is that there, I forgot the exact phrase that she uses, but normally states validate the claims of the hospitals. So when somebody is checked in for a certain ailment, the state says, was this person actually admitted properly? And uh, we're going to go vet that. We're going to go audit these admissions. Due to the CARES Act, which was basically started up because of covid these hospital networks and these healthcare networks are not being audited. The states and the government are just taking these hospital networks at their word for all of the admissions. Now, why is that important? It's important because that means the hospital networks and the healthcare networks could then say, oh, so-and-so was admitted for this. And it just so happens that what they were admitted for is the is causing the highest payouts from the federal government. In other words, your tax dollars are now paying healthcare networks to uh, for premium care for ailments that normally would not generate the amount of revenue that these healthcare networks are now generating. In other words... These healthcare networks are getting about $40,000 per COVID patient if they put them on an intubation device or if they die, whatever else. You know, we've gone through the various uh, payouts over the past two years of what these healthcare networks are getting. So that's the first thing. They're not being vetted. They are taking, they're being taken at uh, their word for the amount of money that they're being owed and what the patients are actually being admitted for. And nobody is doing any auditing. Second thing is that they are being paid at a Medicare rate versus a Medicaid rate from the federal government. In other words, what does this mean? It means that Medicaid, which is a government-run program, basically says, we're going to pay you at a certain rate. And if you don't like it, well, too bad. We're still only going to give you this amount. Medicare pays people at a higher rate, so a more market-appropriate rate, and the government is doing that. So in other words, they're out there making more money by being paid at the Medicare rate, and they are not being audited regarding what patients are being admitted into their hospitals. Third, number three, 
the payouts are not being paid out through insurance companies. It's being uh, paid out through the federal government. So what does that mean for you? It means that these healthcare networks are being paid top dollar for their work. Just trust me, this person was admitted to our emergency room due to COVID. Number, th- oh, this was, I should say that's 3B. Uh, number three, I should say that's 2B, because I said, I said there's three important things. Number three is that the payout schedule under the CARES Act through Medicare via the federal government is half the time as it would normally take going through an insurance network. In other words, if you see a COVID patient under the CARES Act, you are paid $40,000 within 15 days. However, uh, in normal times, if you were to see a COVID patient, you would be paid out within 30 days. Do you understand what this means? It means that hospitals are basically getting two years worth of compensation within the span of one year. Nobody is auditing them to determine whether or not their patients are actually sick or diagnosed properly, and the federal government is paying them top dollar to maintain the ruse of COVID. So I don't want to hear anything about trust the science. I don't want to hear anything about how altruistic these healthcare networks are, because they aren't. Anybody that gets admitted into these healthcare networks suddenly have COVID. The example that the Project Veritas whistleblower gives is that somebody was admitted to the hospital with multiple gunshot wounds, and they were uh, on their charts, it showed as having COVID. What does that mean? It means that the federal government is going to pay top dollar for a COVID patient within 15 days instead of the insurance network or Medicaid paying that healthcare network uh, within 30 days for gunshot wounds, which is not going to be the same amount as COVID. This is a bailout of the healthcare network in the worst kind of way. How many instances of fraud and outright lying are we going to get once the chickens come home to roost? And I hope they do come home to roost soon. Okay, the second thing that I was going to get to is the following. Oh, CNN. We have Jeffrey Zucker, CEO of CNN. And Jeffrey Zucker, by the way, in his most recent pictures, seems to have a droopy face uh, basically on one side of his face. It would looks like some sort of palsy, some sort of vaccine-induced injury because he can't move one side of his face. It's very common if you actually do any sort of homework. So he was outed. He has subsequently resigned as CEO from CNN. Why? It's because Chris Cuomo, brother of Governor Cuomo of New York, was fired from CNN. And uh, the brother, Chris Cuomo, is just, he's sitting on a stool. His name is Pigeon behind closed doors. This stool pigeon is just singing like a songbird, which is kind of ironic because stool pigeons don't really have a tone to keep. They just sort of coo at you. But not Chris Cuomo, this stool pigeon, he is 
immaculate when it comes to tones. So he then snitched to the cops and the HR department within CNN to get Jeff Zucker fired. Now, here's the fun part about CEO Zucker getting fired. He was cheating on uh, his wife with an employee. That employee is also married. So Jeff Zucker is married. The employee is married. They live in the same apartment building. Oh, and they are neighbors. They live within one floor of one another. Now, it's almost like they have an open relationship. Most of these elites do, in fact, have open relationships. This goes one step further. CNN uh, former CEO, Jeff Zucker, his wife is very, very good friends with Ghislaine Maxwell. My goodness, what a small world we live in. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's just so stupid. All of these degenerate Luciferian Satanists, they all, they, they're all like this, and they're all idiotic. They're all idiotic. Speaking of idiocy, Black Lives Matter is under a lot of scrutiny, particularly in California, which we would never suspect that California is going to go after Black Lives Matter. So I brought this up a long time ago. The heads of Black Lives Matter basically took all of the donations that you gave them, which, by the way, the donations that you made to Black Lives Matter, which I doubt any of you that listen to me actually made the donation, it takes you, if you were to go to Black Lives Matter and make the donation, it takes you to a website called Act Blue. So what is Act Blue? Act Blue is a political action committee, a fundraising arm of the Democrat Party. So what else does that mean? It means no matter how much money you give to Black Lives Matter, ultimately it goes to the Democrats. And Act Blue then distributes the funds as it sees fit. And in other words, that means they distribute the funds to the presidential candidates that they want to see elected. And in the last election cycle, the number one candidate that got millions upon millions of dollars was Joseph Biden. Number two was Bernie Sanders. So all of those people out there, all of you people out there that think you're doing the just thing, that you think you're doing the right thing, and, oh, I just care about our minorities in America, and I hope they get justice. No, you donated to the fascist Democrats, to the treasonous Democrats, and they took your money and gave it to Joe Biden. That's exactly what they did. And this week, Black Lives Matter, which was essentially essentially being run by Act Blue, was sold. It was sold to the Tide Foundation. I don't mean Tide Pods, where you're going to wash your laundry and, oh gosh, I hope I didn't donate to Black Lives Matter when I bought the Tide Pods. No, it's another group. It's the Tide Foundation and and the Tide... uh, What else was there? Tide Foundation, Tide Initiative, something else like that. It doesn't matter. The point is, is that Tide is another Democrat party money laundering operation. So now, this comes from the Washington Examiner, Black Lives Matter shut down all of its online fundraising streams this afternoon, just days after California threatened to hold the charity's leaders personally liable for its lack of financial transparency. Now, what are they talking about? 
Last year, we found out that the heads of Black Lives Matter, they essentially bought multiple multi-million dollar homes throughout California. And we also found out this week that Black Lives Matter shuffled and laundered a whole bunch of money to Canada. So it can't be audited and it can't be, I would assume, can't be taxed because it goes into another foundation. So from day one, I had it right. Black Lives Matter was a joke. It was nothing more than a fundraising operation and a farce to get money out of poor people so that Joe Biden could have, and the Democrats, ultimately Obama and George Soros, could have more money to play with to cheat in the, oh, I shouldn't say that, to potentially cheat in the election cycle of 2020, along with Zuckerberg from Facebook. So, Please, give me a break. I never bought into Black Lives Matter. No, nobody should. Anytime you see anything like that, just just do a little search. Get, who's really running this? Where's the money going? And if I can do it, you can do it. It's not a big deal. It is a Google search. It does not take a lot of time. Okay, serious part. If you want to stop listening to the podcast... You may. I will not be offended. I'm going to give you three seconds. Three, two, one. Okay, we're going to talk about human trafficking and child trafficking. I started broadcasting over six years ago, and I, when I was on terrestrial radio, I had a 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. time slot. So I could say anything I want. I could play any kind of music I want because those are the uh, the, the dirty hours. So I was playing hip-hop music. Everybody's dropping N-bombs. It was a fantastic, fun time. Uh, I wasn't doing it. The music was. So during that time, I started to talk about human trafficking, Jeffrey Epstein, the Clintons, uh, all sorts of things like that, and how they're involved with a vast, massive, not to be redundant by saying vast and massive, uh, human trafficking and child trafficking network. All of that supposedly is true, and it looks like on the surface that it is true, and I'm still leaning in that direction six years later. I got threatened to get kicked off the radio station multiple times for talking about this. People would ridicule me all the time when I spoke about human trafficking and child trafficking amongst the elite circles. And guess what? Years later, I'm right, as always. So, there is something extremely disturbing happening within the social media sphere. And that is, you're starting to see a lot more stories about sexual deviancy, having sex with kids, justifying sexual deviancy, and ultimately, you're going to see a lot of political elites and financial elites and Hollywood elites miraculously come down with COVID and possibly never seen again or heard from again. This is something that you're going to start to realize. I'm going to start with this. I brought it up last night. Playboy Mansion, extremely, extremely disturbing place. Girls were drugged. Girls were trafficked. You've got tunnels that go from the Playboy Mansion into the very the, the neighboring uh, homes around the Playboy Mansion. This came out 
two weeks ago, last week, HollywoodFile.com. Crystal Hefner confirms Holly Madison's chilling and gross Polaroid story during the Playboy documentary. So, what are they talking about here? Holly Madison was a former girlfriend, possibly trafficker, I don't know, of none other than uh, Hugh Hefner. Crystal Hefner was Hugh Hefner's last wife. So, this is what Hugh Hefner was really doing. When you would go out with Hugh, Miss Madison said, he's taking all types of naked pictures of these women when they're wasted and out of their minds. And he would print out like eight copies for him and all the women. It's just gross. I found, and, the, the, so let's stop there. What Miss Madison is describing is a blackmail network. We've heard rumors upon rumors that Hugh Hefner worked for the FBI and also the CIA and the federal government in blackmail operations. A lot of rich people would go over to Hugh Hefner's place. They would be given a roofie. They would be drugged. They would be coked out of their minds because it's also well known that you could get any drug that you would like at the Playboy Mansion. Lots of girls around. Hugh Hefner would take pictures of these people and say, hey, you better play ball, otherwise these pictures are going to get out. If he really needed somebody to be blackmailed, he would probably, if the rumors are true, include children in those awful pictures, possibly with these individuals doing awful things to said children. And then, guess what? They would all play ball. So, Crystal Hefner validated Holly Madison's claims. And Crystal Hefner tweeted, I found thousands of these disposable camera photos you are talking about. I immediately ripped them up and destroyed every single one of them for you and the countless other women in them. They're gone. So, right there, former wife and latest wife of Hugh Hefner, last wife of Hugh Hefner, Crystal Hefner, validates the claims that Hugh Hefner was running a blackmail network. So what else does this mean? It means that Hugh Hefner and the Playboy Mansion also was catering to the elite in Hollywood, in finance, in politics, and throughout the rest of the world. What else does that mean? It also means that he's got a little black book like Jeffrey Epstein. And it finally means, just like Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein, Hugh Hefner was catering to the elite, and he knows, and in his books, he's got the names of everybody that he sold people to. So here's the big problem with the Ghislaine Maxwell trial, the fake Ghislaine Maxwell trial. Ghislaine Maxwell was a human trafficker and a child trafficker. You don't do that unless you know who you're dealing with. She's got names of the individuals that she sold humans to. How come those names are not in record? How come we don't know about those names? The only names we can find come from the flight logs of the, the Lolita Express. That's a tough thing to say, the Lolita Express. The Lolita Express. That's a better way to say it. So why isn't anybody going after the people that were sold product from Ghislaine Maxwell? That's a very, very important story. And you're starting to see the mainstream media 
and very, very disgusting professors, particularly one professor in SUNY, so a New York State uh, college or university, they're trying to normalize pedophilia. So I brought this up last night on a couple of social media uh, platforms. Not a lot of people took it. I assume I was being shadow banned. Nobody bit on it. But I'll review this. A SUNY professor is under investigation after video clips emerge of him asserting uh, that it's a mistake to think that pedophilia is wrong. And there are evolutionary advantages to child-adult sex. Really, is there... Is there, the person's name is Stephen Kirshnar, hmm, from SUNY Fredonia, and he is a libertarian philosophy professor, and he also studies applied ethics. Really doesn't seem like it. It really doesn't seem like it. So this gem said, imagine that an adult male wants to have sex with a 12-year-old girl. Now, let me stop there. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Remember that old shrew on the Supreme Court, that, th- that, that thin-lipped jerk, four-eyed little, little uh, hunchback? So she's out there during the 70s, before she went on to the Supreme Court, she's out there promoting a, uh, the age of consent to be 14 years old. So all of the liberals out there that are saying, oh, I love RBG, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, she's my kind of gal. Really? You like a pederast as your kind of gal? So Mr. Kirshnar continues, imagine the 12-year-old is a willing participant. No! No, Mr. Kirshnar, I don't want to imagine a 12-year-old girl trying to have sex with me. I'm sorry, I don't live in your bizarre, deranged daydreams, or wet dreams in this case. A very standard, very widely held view, Mr. Kirshnar says, is that there's something deeply wrong about... Yes, there is! It's wrong, independent of it being criminalized. It's not obvious to me that it's in fact wrong. I think this is a mistake, he says, and I think exploring that, why it's a mistake, will tell us not only things about adult sex and statutory rape, and also fundamental principles of morality. Oh, my God! And this person just, he doesn't stop. You can find this on libs of TikTok. It's all over Twitter right now. The notion that it's wrong, even with a one-year-old, is not obvious to me. Oh, and I heard this. So he, in his in his full little spiel, Mr. Kirshnar basically says that in some cultures, in below the equator, south of the equator, it's not uncommon for grandmothers to jerk off one-year-olds to calm them down. So he doesn't necessarily see the big problem with jerking off one-year-olds to calm them down, if not engage in consensual sex. With a one-year-old. What is wrong with these people? And these people are probably tenured. I mean, this is a culture. A culture of individuals. A culture of elites that perpetrate this kind of behavior. That want this kind of behavior. I've brought it up time and time again. Why is the border open? It's because Biden and his political elite and all the other elites, 
They want to re-establish the human trafficking lines that Donald Trump demolished. That's it. End of story. Donald Trump, whether you like him or not, he did more to stop human trafficking, to stop child trafficking during his presidency than any other president in the United States' history. You cannot deny it because it's true. And as soon as Biden came into office, bam, borders are open. We've got child traffickers all over the place. You can find videos of it all over YouTube and social media. You've got one adult who claims to be the father of 10 kids. And oh, by the way, all of those 10 kids don't wake up when you slap them to try to get them awake to move them because they're drugged. That is human trafficking. That's exactly what it is. Those children, those people, they're going to be sold. How are they going to be sold? They're going to be sold through Child Protective Services. They're going to be sold as as orphans. So they go into Child Protective Services, and through a lot of money laundering, they eventually make it into a family. And that family then sells those kids. They abuse those kids. And when I mean kids, I mean kids. I don't mean teenagers. I mean children. I mean two-year-olds, three-year-olds, five-year-olds. That kind of despicable, disgusting behavior is hinted at when you find videos and find pictures of Joseph Biden in public, sniffing children, hugging children, coming up behind them and holding their heads and forcing their heads upwards so that those heads look at him. Look at Ashley Biden's diary, which is coming out. You can go to marcopolo.com or marcopolo.net. Garrett Ziegler, former Trump uh, administration guy, employee, I should say, he's transcribed all of the Hunter Biden uh, laptop, including Ashley Biden's diary. Ashley Biden talks about taking inappropriate showers with her dad, and she doesn't remember anything. Why? Because she was drugged. This is the kind of behavior we're talking about. And it gets a lot darker. It gets a lot more disturbing. Because these kinds of people belong to pimps, and I dare not call them humans. Those humans are involved with arcane rituals that date back to Babylon. And I don't mean Babylon in the state that you live in, because it appears that almost every state has a town called Babylon in it. I mean Babylon in Iraq, before the late JC decided to come onto the scene. We're talking about Moloch. We're talking about human sacrifices. We're talking about child sacrifices. We're talking about, in some cases, cannibalism. And I think that's enough. I think that's enough. I'm going to leave you with this, because I'm going to continue to give you drips and drops and a little bit more drabs of information for you to process. I want you to look up the Jefferson, what is it called? Uh, Bush Sr. We're going to look it up right now, because we only do one take. I'm not going to sit there and edit material. Bush Sr., uh, Washington, 
No, Jefferson. That's what it was. The Jefferson conspiracy. Okay, so let's see if I can find that headline. It's from the Washington Post from the early, early, early 90s. Let's see if I can do it. Here we go. No, they have scrubbed. They have scrubbed the Washington Post's article. But if you're not in the know, you can try and find it. Here we go. Let's see if I found it. No, I didn't find it. Luckily, I have it saved on my phone. I'll give you a real brief, brief rundown of what that was. So, essentially, Bush Sr. in, was it the Washington, no, was it the Washington Times? Maybe in the Washington Times, because it was a defunct, we're going to do one more search for it. There we go. Okay, it was the Washington Times, not the Post. All right, so, this dates back to June 29th, 1989. It's from the Washington Times. The the above-the-fold article, which means back in the day when you had newspapers, they were folded in half, and the the above-the-fold article sat on top of the newsstand so it would catch your attention. The the above-the-fold article headline, Homosexual Prostitution Inquiry Ensnares VIPs with Reagan and Bush. Call boys took midnight tour of the White House, and we have cashed checks for them to do it. So, if you read through the article, I'm not going to do it here because we're already at 30 minutes. So, if you read through the article, a whole bunch of lobbyists decide to take a whole bunch of children, boys, on midnight tours of the White House, and it turned out that there were sexual deviations going on whilst those boys were taking midnight tours of the White House with Reagan and Bush. You get the idea. You know what they're doing. I brought it up also, Barack Obama spending $60,000 to fly in hot dogs and pizza to the White House at midnight, at 1 a.m. What does that mean? It's code. Hot dogs and pizza. It's code for different types of children that they prefer to, I don't know what. Well, I do know what. To do horrible things to. This is what we're up against. This is the real issue. Once you start exposing these kinds of individuals and these sexual proclivities, then you're really going to get change, and we're really going to see a massive, massive shift in consciousness for the better. So that's going to be it for me. It's the Last Call Podcast with Chris Michaels. 30 minutes. Oh, I almost got it. 31 minutes. On the dot, here we go. And as always, you can like me and find me and share me. Twitter and Instagram, Last Call Caravan. And I also have the Last Call podcast, Songs of the Week, 131, January 31st, up on Spotify. Good luck if you could find it, because I can't find it. But you can go to my Twitter account and find the link there to Spotify so that you can listen until your heart's content. Until tomorrow, one more podcast this week, right? Tomorrow's Thursday. Holy smokes. One more podcast of the week. As always, like me and share me, and I appreciate the lovable listens of my lovable fuzzball audience.